0: Welcome to Life Changing Money, a podcast all about one of the most taboo topics in the world, money. I'm your host, Barbara Shrehan, and we're going behind the scenes on business owners' journeys to money, success, and wealth. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life Changing Money. I'm so excited because this week we have Danny J. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Can you tell our listeners what it is you do today? I know it's changed a lot, (laughs) but today.
1: Yeah, so what I do today is it even feels different than after the pandemic because I was a motivational speaker. I did full-time speaking, and because all of the events in the world were canceled during the pandemic, um, I went kind of back to my roots, which was online, um, online marketing, and I do a lot of courses. I help women with a lot of different pivot points in their life. So I talk to women a lot about starting over, whether it's relationships, starting over financially, starting over in their bodies. My background was in fitness, so I was a personal trainer for a number of years, and I was a competitor, like fitness competitor, worked with tons and tons of women through all kinds of eating issues, a lot of weight loss. And I started to notice that a lot of my clients I was attracting were binge eating. Mm -hmm. And over time, I was struggling with money stuff personally. And over time, I started to notice that a lot of my binge eating clients also struggled with debt and finances and as well as relationships. And what it really turned what it really turned into was a lot of like the underlying things were unforgiveness or problems with their parents that they never like brought up or or things in their relationship that they weren't dealing with, which led to food, which led to other things in finances. So I kind of stopped going all full in on food and really wanted to talk about what the underlying issues were. So kind of today, it's I'm online. I have a lot of programs that have to do with, with money. I have a program called Find the Money Project and Master Your Money. I have a program called The Happiness Diet, which is really more about coming out of whether a big loss or big life change, life transition, I guess you could call it. like. Losing a job, changing relationship, getting going through divorce, moving across country. So kind of what I do now is that. It's it's speaking, it's working with women, and it's online programs. Wow.
0: So what was your like first entrepreneurial journey? I had a job out of school. Um, I was a coach, gymnastics
1: coach. And it's funny because I loved coaching. And I started to, one of the guys who hired me had me kind of run this community. And I started to, I went to the community center that started with 75 kids and I grew it to 500. And I remember going back to him and asking for a raise. And he said, no, I can't have a raise. I was so pissed because I made this chart of like what I did and what I accomplished. He told me I couldn't have a raise. And he said, I didn't understand business. He was like, there's overhead, there's things he has to pay. And even though I did what I did, he, some reason I didn't deserve a raise. So I was furious. Yeah. And after a few months, I decided to quit. Like, I pretty much decided to quit on the spot, but I had to wait till I had a backup plan. Yeah.
0: And I have a similar story.
1: <laughs> so I quit. Um, but unfortunately, I had signed a non-compete clause. So I couldn't coach gymnastics anywhere else. And that's when I went into personal training. And so I started working at a gym and turned into kind of the same thing. I could see what the gym was making and what I was bringing home, right? They were charging like 75 an hour and I was making 20 an hour. Yep. Like, where's the gap there? Why am I getting all the money? <laughs> and of course I didn't really know about overhead and that kind of thing, but I just thought I'm gonna make all the money. Mm-hmm. So I ended up leaving to do another like job job. And in the meantime, I was trying to figure out how to work for myself. and. Finally, I, I ran into somebody because I was just trying to find a place to do personal training that I could just pay rent and then have my own business and have my own clients. And I found a gym uh, this woman told me about. And so I went out on my own and I started as a personal trainer. And then I was just paying like a studio to use their space, but I could build my business from there. So that was kind of the first thing. It was kind of building my own clientele and building my own, building my own personal training business out of someone else's larger
0: gym. And you just decided to create this like online community? Or when, did, when were you like online space is where it's at? Yeah, so I was
1: a personal trainer in person. And this was around when MySpace was coming out. And oh,
0: a while ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's been, it's been a while. So it was MySpace and I was noticing there was a girl in the industry, her name is Jamie Eason, she was really popular on bodybuilding.com and that was like the place to yes, be, right? I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so she was really popular and she was posting a lot on MySpace and I was kind of watching what she was doing, how she was using social media. And she was really, really good. I, don't, I mean, nobody was teaching social media back then, so I think it was really innate. Like she was just getting it. But she would ask questions and she would post things that there was a lot of engagement. People would comment. And so I was kind of observing and I was watching and then basically using her strategies of trying to get engagement on my posts. And, and so I started to talk about like how to get abs and how to eat. And people were asking me questions in the gym, like, should I do cardio first or lift weights first? So then I would take those questions and post about them on social media and then tell like why you should do what first. So I was basically a content creator before that was even a thing, but I was creating content around my niche, which was fitness. And I was starting to get a
0: following. And then that moved over to Facebook. I used MySpace to uh, <laughs> post pictures of me partying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know what's
1: funny is I didn't really understand, like, how to use social media as social media? I just only saw it as kind of a business thing because I was watching this one girl. And that was just like, okay, yeah, this is what cool. she's doing. This is how we're doing it. So I never tended to use it for that stuff, and it, it was just always like, "This is how you build an audience," and that was kind of my mindset from the beginning, which has probably served me well. Yeah. So I moved to Facebook, and I ended up having a girlfriend. Her and I decided to start something together called the Sweaty Buddies, and the Sweaty Buddies really took off. And today, it doesn't sound like a lot that we had 300,000 followers on Facebook. That now, is a lot. It is a lot, but it's like. Now I feel like people have millions of followers and it's very like... like but we, they were
0: probably bought Yes, true, followers that's true.
1: And um, we grew to like 25,000 within a couple of months. So it was like, wow, we have this brand. And it was really fun because I, I think it grew for a few reasons. I think one, the name. Right now, and this is something I've struggled with in business is I go by my name. It's just Danny J. The great thing about branding as your name is that you can talk about fitness, you can talk about money, you can talk about whatever you want. The bad thing about it is who the hell are you? You know, like if you're not Ellen or Oprah, then nobody knows who you are. Sweaty Betty's was like, people could tell it's fitness, it's female, it's fun. So it was, it was easy to just click like on it because they could be like, I like fitness. So I like this page. Mm -hmm. So it grew really quickly. And I think there wasn't as much of algorithm issues back then. So it was really easy to generate content and just get things going viral all the time. Mm
0: -hmm. And was it like people are paying you for workouts or at the beginning it was just my friend and I
1: were like we're going to just build this and then we'll figure out what to sell after so we built it and then we created a membership site so we started to sell workouts like kind of generic you know five day a week four day a week workouts and like little meal plans so that's how we kind of started growing and ultimately um, I started to have you know I'd post about some of my clients and I started to have people reach out. and They're like, I wish you could train me. And I ended up hiring a coach. I wanted to do a fitness competition. I wanted to find out who was the best. And at the time, this woman was named Monica Brandt. She was like the person. Found out who her coach was. And I looked him up on his website, and he was in Murrieta, California. I lived in Vegas, and I was like, man, I wish I lived there. And then I saw on his site that he did uh, coaching online. So I had never heard of this, didn't know what it was. I mean, everything was so new. Yeah. Reached out. I ended up hiring him as my coach. And he basically just did phone calls like once every other week. And then he would email me my workouts and email me mine. And that's when I got the idea, well, I could do this too. Yeah. So then I started saying, I do online I do online coaching. <laughs> so I just copied what he was doing. I'm like, I could write workouts and email them to people. I could write meal plans and email them And what, them what to year people. was this? This was 2012. Okay. Yeah. So I I started to do that because people were like, "I want you to be my coach." I'm like, "Well, guess what? (laughs) I have an opportunity for you." And at that time, my ex-husband and I we ended up moving from Vegas to Utah, and then Utah to um, Dallas. And when I moved to Dallas, I'm like, I don't want to start from scratch building a brand new clientele. Yeah. And I we were sharing a car, and so it's going to be hard for me to go to a gym and start building. So that's when I went all in online. I was like, I'm here, kind of I got nothing else to do. I mean, mm-hmm. like and my the sweaty betty's had grown so big that it was actually making as much money if not more and it was keeping me so busy. I don't even think I would have wanted to go in person. So it was kind of like it was good timing. I mean, everything was so new. So we were honestly like we were making it up as we go along, as we went along. Like everything out there now. I just I feel like in some ways People who start now are really lucky because it's there. In other ways, it's harder because it's a little more saturated. And so I had a really amazing opportunity to start something kind of from scratch and create that. But yeah, it was like 2012, I went all in. And then I've been online since.
0: And you said you're a motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. How does one like get that title?
1: Uh, You just give it to yourself.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, like we have a lot of clients that ask us like how do you get on stages yeah and you know my journey was probably different than yours like mine was well it was COVID so I did a lot of online speeches and then when everyone went back to in Mm -hmm. person it was so much easier because that so many people had already seen me yeah but you were prior to yeah the COVID boom
1: so totally so funny enough how I became a speaker was and this is just looking back sometimes i just think it's called it's like ignorance on fire i just decided one day i was like i want to be a speaker but i don't know how and th- this was 2011 or so and because i didn't know how i just thought i'll just host my own event and that way i get to be the speaker
0: but <laughs> so- <laughs> hold on so you probably saw someone speak though that you were like i want to be like that person yeah. is it like a tony robbins or like mm. like what made you want to be a speaker
1: When I was younger, my grandmother, I lived with my grandparents for about three years when my parents were divorced. And my grandmother would listen to these motivational tapes. So it was Dennis Waitley, Earl Nightingale, Wayne Dyer, like old school, yeah. (laughs) And so she had these like, they were like a big box with like six to 12 cassette tapes. And I would just listen to these motivational tapes. And so I think, i always loved their stories and i thought i'd want to be so i hadn't seen really anybody on stage i just listened to these motivational tapes
0: you're like i want to be on motivational
1: tapes (laughs) yes i wanted to be a tape girl (laughs) i think i really just wanted to be like an author and and i don't know who i actually saw speaking i don't even think i'd ever seen anybody speaking i just think the tapes were what like really triggered it yeah tony robbins was probably in there but more than anyone it was wayne dyer And I guess I did start to see Wayne Dyer on stage, like on YouTube, I met him in 2013, I think right before he
0: died. I was gonna say, I don't know who that is.
1: Yeah, he was like an original like Hay House spiritual guru. He's like, he was legit. (laughs) Yeah, he passed away probably 2013 or 2014. And same Earl Nightingale, old, like that guy died before I even probably started listening to his tapes. And same with Dennis Waitley. I think Dennis Waitley's thing was something about winning, is like the power of winning or something. So these these were like predecessors to Tony Robbins. They yeah. were like probably who Tony Robbins listened to.
0: We're so. relaunching our Right Off Your Life course. We only do this twice a year. We're hosting our free masterclass for Right Off Your Life on January 17th at 10 a.m. Pacific. You will get the replay if you sign up, but you cannot miss this masterclass. I go over hundreds and hundreds of deductions that you could be taking in your business. And what better time to learn about these than in January. You'll be set up for the rest of the year to take more deductions in your business and You probably haven't filed your tax returns for last year yet. So you'll be able to add these deductions into your last year's tax return as well. So I'm so excited. I will see you on January 17th, 10 a.m. Pacific and come to the meeting with your questions because I love answering them.
1: So I listened to these old guys and I just was really inspired by their stories. And I just, I don't know, I, I guess I thought in some way that maybe my story could be inspiring to people and so yeah I just I made the decision that I wanted to be a speaker don't know how because I literally hadn't been to any events. so I thought if I host an event I get to speak <laughs> and so I there was also I was meeting people on Twitter and there was a couple people in the space that I wanted to meet and so I thought if I have an event I get to invite them because I wanted to see them speak and then we could become friends. Right. <laughs> so I hosted an event in 2012. It was called inspiration and perspiration. It was basically like a motivational and then like a workout day. So um, I had like 35 people come. I had it in a little hotel ballroom. And then we went to a CrossFit gym and did a little workout. And I invited two girls from the internet that I met and I flew them in. I mean, I spent like $3,000 and that just felt like so much money. Yeah. I didn't really make anything. Like I didn't even break even. I think I had... Still was out of pocket, like $1,500. Most
0: events don't make money.
1: <laughs> no, and you know, I wish I knew that. I wish I knew that then because I felt like I really failed. Mm-hmm. But also looking back, I'm like, I did it. Like I I made it up and yeah. I made an event and I got to be the speaker. And so I had to put together content for it. So I just worked really hard on putting together content for that event. And then I decided the next year I wanted to go on tour And I was going to do four inspiration and perspiration events. I was like, I'll do it in Chicago, Miami, New York. (laughs) Ended up only doing one in Chicago. It was a lot of work to do it out of your city. So um, I hosted it again. And then I started to get asked to speak at different things. So then it's because people were seeing me host these events and post about them, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, you do speaking events. Like we're having a retreat or we're having an event. And so they called me up. So it really started with me just getting out there. And then other people seeing, oh, you do that. We're doing this. Would you like to come?
0: For people listening that want to be a speaker, yeah. would you tell them, just host your own event? No. Or what advice <laughs> would
1: you give them? I wouldn't necessarily tell them to host. Her. Hosting an event is a skill set. It is a, a lot. skill set that I don't have.
0: We're hosting our biggest event of the year next week. And Are I you? know what you mean. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. It's a skill set that I don't have. I should have never done that. And I, I didn't. I wasn't a delegator either. So I was sitting there taking everybody's food orders. I had my mom help me. I had her go pick up Chipotle at, for lunch for people. And then like, we were just, we were, I was the front, I was the back. I was all the things, I was the talent. I was also, you know, <laughs> it was just too much. When you were running a real event, like you should be able to, you show up as the speaker and then back end stuff is taken care of by other people. Yeah, Did not do that, but I didn't know. If I was to tell people who want to speak now, I would start locally in your local area in community events, you know, volunteer your time so you get practice and you get reps, um, school events, uh, assemblies, you know, you can speak in, in high schools, you can speak in colleges. There, I actually went to, when I moved to Dallas, I wanted to keep speaking. And so I joined a BNI, it's Business Network International and I did like little lunch and learn things. So I remember there was a gal who worked as a, uh, worked at an optometrist office and they did little things like once a month they do like a lunch and learn and I just went to the optometrist office and we did something on nutrition and health at lunchtime. And so I just got practice speaking out these little things that were local to people. So. I'd say start locally because you really need to get reps in. You don't want to be traveling and doing all that at the beginning anyway. So getting reps, getting local and just letting people know like, hey, I'm speaking about this or would love to speak to your small groups, churches, schools. That kind of thing is a great place
0: to start. And now you said you do a lot of courses.
1: Yeah, I do. online. My first course actually was the money course. Now that I think about it. So I did programs. So I did a lot of fitness programs, but it wasn't they were still pretty individualized even though they were semi cookie cutter i'd still individualize them to the person what happened after that was i i had this i guess it was a, my own personal story we the reason we left vegas was the economy crashed my husband lost his job everything was falling apart and he ended up getting a job for 30,000 a year in dallas and like He had been making 75K before. I'm like, we have to leave the state for a job that pays half as much, Mm -hmm. and it was devastating. And during that time, I still had student loans. I had credit card debt, and I was like, I gotta figure out this money thing. And I ended up finding, this is kind of a coincidence, if you believe in coincidence, synchronicity, but I was Googling myself. (laughs) And I came across this lady named Danny Johnson, which is my name but she had more followers than I had on Facebook. And I was like, who's this chick with my name and more followers? Because at the time, I think we had about 80,000 followers and she had like 120. So I'm like, and I'm like, how does she have all these followers? And I don't know who she is. So I started following her and she was posting about money stuff. And I was intrigued. And I clicked on one of her posts and saw she had a book. And the book was called First Steps to Wealth. And It was free, but it was like one of the free plus shipping offers. So I paid $7 to have it shipped. And I was thinking like, I was really struggling with money. So I was curious about the book anyway. Read her book and I got to one of the last chapters and it said something like, I know this date because it was my birthday, March 2nd, blah, blah, blah. And that's also my birthday. Whoa. And I was like, I just started crying. I'm like, who's this lady? It has the same name, same birthday. So I go back to the internet, look her up. And she was going to have a workshop in Dallas the very next weekend. (laughs) I know. So I'm like, I have to go to her workshop. Her workshop cost $400. And I was so broke at the time. I actually had just gotten, uh, like, paid for a gig. And I paid $500 on my credit card. My credit card was maxed out. I paid $500, so I just had only $500 left. I saw the workshop was $400. And I'm like should I go to this? Like, is this, and it was all about like getting out of debt. It seemed like that's what the workshop was about. I'm like, this is either the stupidest thing or the smartest thing. And I kind of left it till the night before. I'm like, if there's, if it's sold out, it wasn't meant to be, I'm not going to go. If I call and there's still seats, then I'm going to make myself go. So sure enough, they were like, yes, come. And I'm like, shoot. (laughs) So I like put $400 on my credit card that I just paid off, and I just remember going thinking, I just need to make my $400 back. Like I need to get one tip out of this whole event to make my $400 back because it's, otherwise it's so stupid that I'm going to a workshop about getting out of debt by, putting, yes. by being in debt. I went to that workshop and 69 days later I was debt free. $18,000 paid off, student loans paid off, and within another three months I had $20,000 in the bank and needless to say that workshop and that woman changed my life and it was it was just one of those things that you know looking back it's like it was just so funny how i felt like literally googling Googling myself how does she have my name and all of that but it was really pretty have you ever met her i have met her yeah we actually so i went to another one of her events and ended up there were so many people but we were waiting at the airport and our flight we missed our flight. And then she ended up showing up to the gate and there was some issue with the flights and I think because they were getting us mixed up at the the counter. So I was sitting there and I could tell it was something was going on. So I came up and I'm like, hey, I think I know what the problem is. She was trying to get on another flight and we had missed ours and they were pushing me on and they're like, we already have you checked in. So we
0: got to meet and so it was, yeah, it was kind of cool. That's also very synchronous as well. That's so cool. Yeah. So what would be like a big tip you give someone to get out of debt? Or like how did you manifest that much money? Yeah.
1: So, oh, so the original question I guess was course. So that ended up being my first course is that after I got out of debt, I started sharing it and people were like how did you do it and i did a couple of little workshops and then i just decided to do a challenge i called it find the money project and it was two weeks on like seven things to do to help you get out of debt and find the money and after that people were just wanting more and that's when i decided to make my first course so i'm like okay after you find the money because this was my big thing was after i got out of debt i didn't know what to do with money i'm like I was about to go back into debt. I'm like, oh, now we'll go buy a car on credit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kept mentoring with her for a while and I created my own course. But what I would say, one of the biggest things that stuck with me, um, and this is from her, was to be faithful with the little things. And what I mean by that is if and this goes for anything in life, like if you are not faithful with what you're given, so at the time I was making about five thousand a month, but I could tell you, I don't know where it was going. I was like, I'm broke. We don't have any money. It's not here. Our bills are too much. We don't have anything. And the truth was, was that I just wasn't being faithful with it. I wasn't paying attention to where it was going. Once I started to actually look at it and look at my expenses and look at where I was spending, somehow $5,000 went quite far. Yeah. (laughs) And so my biggest tip for anyone is to, to be faithful and that's even in like growing it you know I help people grow online I was um, teaching how to build your brand online and so many people are like I only have 100 followers I'm like well why would you deserve to have a thousand followers why would you deserve to have 10,000 followers if you are just shitting on what you have mm-hmm. the universe isn't going to give you more so one of my biggest tips for really anything and trying to pay attention is to be faithful with the little things
0: I love that yeah and, I mean, you were making 5000 a month, but then you also had 20000 in the bank. So you had to have been manifesting in there somewhere.
1: Yeah. So I created... So a couple things was we had a storage unit that when we moved out of Vegas, we were just paying every single month, thinking we would take all our stuff, and we never did. So flew back to Vegas, emptied out the storage unit, and sold stuff. So that was really big. And then I did that
0: when I was getting out of debt too. Yeah,
1: it's like it's so crazy. I think I was like, "We need to have this uh, washer dryer," and I'm like, "I can always buy a new washer and dryer," you yeah. know. But for a year, I had been paying hundred dollars a month. Right, to that. you can buy a new washer dryer. Yes. <laughs> and, and to take it from Vegas to Dallas, it would have cost more than a new. It's just, but the mindset of like letting it go felt so hard. So selling stuff, and then I actually uh created a new course that I ended up sell, selling online, well, not a course, a new membership. And so I ended up launching a new program that just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, not came out of nowhere, but I had what I was making that I knew for sure. And then I just started to get new ideas. And so I launched something new and that helped bring in more income too.
0: What's your biggest tip for social media?
1: Be consistent. and. Uh, I'm not I'm the worst since the pandemic. It was really hard 2020. So do as I say not what I do. <laughs> but so be be consistent. That's the biggest piece. Be consistent not only in posting and consistency could mean twice a week as long as right. you're consistent with twice a week. Um, but the other thing is consistency in your messaging. And I think that's also something that can be really tricky is sometimes it's boring to say the same things over and over but if you're all over the place it's hard for people to know what you stand for and what you do also do what i say not what i do
0: (laughs) so (laughs) you and i are both speaking at the same event this week what topic are you speaking on
1: so i'm speaking on priorities Um, priorities and basically i'm going to be teaching how to create a schedule that allows you to live a life that you like love and want i think as women well as just humans we have a million priorities, right? It's like our health, our finances, our relationships, we got social obligations, we have work. And I hear so many people, and I used to do these, I used to do these like one-on-one sessions with people on like priorities and planning. So many people are like, my family is my priority, or God is my priority. And those are the two I hear the most, but like you look at their life and I'm sure you've heard this quote calendar. too. Yes, no, you heard the calendar. Yes, you've heard the <laughs> quote. It's like, if you want to know your priorities, look at your calendar. And you're like, is your family really? Like, is God really? And I think people say that because that's what they want it to be. Or they think it's the right answer. You know, it's like the right thing to say. But I do think that our priorities have to shift as we go along in our day-to-day lives. So if you're running a marathon, your priority is probably going to be your training, your health and nutrition. Your social life is probably gonna be on the back burner, at least while you're training. Mm -hmm. Your family might even be a little bit on the back burner while you're training. But then once the marathon's over, it might switch. Maybe your priority is like, maybe while you're building a business, it's like all hands on deck on that business. Mm there are times in our lives when different things are gonna be priorities and it's okay to have them swap. It's not, doesn't mean your family's not important because you're focusing on something over another. Yeah, We can't always, like our health, our health is so important. Like honestly, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Mm-hmm. But when you're sick, your health is number one. When you're not sick and things are going okay, sometimes your kids are, you know, there's different stages of life. So I wanna just normalize that our family's not always going to be number one, and that's okay. Um, and also just to know how to navigate and make it so you know what's priority at what time in your life and what stage and when to switch those things out. And that will help you get to the end goals you have in life, because too many people I think are stressed out because they want to make family number one, Yeah. but then they're feeling like they're failing in their social life, they're failing in their relationships, they're failing in their health, because they're trying to make everything number one and like only one thing can be one. and to second thing could be second but you can't have five things as number one it just doesn't work
0: mm, so true yeah so where can our listeners find you yeah
1: um, social media uh, Instagram is the best place I'm on TikTok sometimes but so, uh, threads and Instagram at DannyJ.com Facebook at DannyJ.com it's D-A-N-N-Y like a boy and then the letter J and then spell D-O-T-C-O-M and then I also have a podcast called The Best Life Podcast and it's on all the platforms where you find podcasts and we publish
0: twice a week and she has a lot of episodes yeah so give it a listen (laughs) yeah
1: We, we talk it's so fun it's entrepreneurship um communication relationships it's really personal development heavy and it's with my best friend Jill Coleman she's in the fitness industry and we just we just have fun you know bullshitting together
0: I love that yeah well thanks for being on yeah thank you Thank you for listening to this episode of Life Changing Money. Don't forget to subscribe and I would love if you left a review and shared it with your friends. See you next time.